Welcome to Animorphs Anonymous, the podcast where we casually discuss the Animorphs one book at a time. I'm Casey. And I'm Alex. We've done all the books. And now we're diving into the TV show. Join us every Tuesday for a new mission. And don't worry, we promise to have you back under the two-hour time limit. Maybe. Ladies and gentlemen, I have a grave announcement to make. Incredible as it may seem, both the observations of science and the evidence of our eyes lead to the inescapable assumption that those strange beings who landed in the Jersey farmlands tonight are the vanguard of an invading army. Tell me I'm dying. So, Scott just restarted the conversation with me about what a visitor is. Okay. And he's like, he's very unsure about it. So he's like, so visitor's just like a guy. And I was like, no, like we talked about, like Visitor Three is is a controller, blah blah blah. And he goes, I thought he was just an alien. And I was like, Well, he is. And then like he was quiet for a minute. And I was like, Did it just occur to you that the Yerks could infest more than just humans? And he goes, Well, now that you told me it does. <laughs> so then he starts like he's just kind of losing it. He's like, So like now I know that like Visitor Three was just like a guy. And he was a nice guy before he got bugs all over him. And I was like, what the fuck? (laughs) So then he's like, now I know he was a nice guy. And I started baiting him. I'm like, would you think he was a nice guy if I told you he released a quantum virus on a planet? And he goes, the Yerks are a quantum virus? And I'm like, no. And then he he just starts going like, what? He was just a nice guy. He was probably... He was probably a nice guy. What was his name? And I was like, what do you think his name was? And he like, without hesitation, he goes, shovel. And I was like, what? <laughs> Why would you call him Shovel? He's like, because there's Axe. It makes sense that he would be Shovel. <laughs> and then he starts following me around demanding to know his name. So he, then he's like, Shovel, Bucket, Bernard. And like, then he doubles down on Bernard for a while. And then he starts going, Richard. And then, like, he just keeps throwing names at me for, like, five minutes. And I'm like, I have to go record this now. And he's like... Paul, Bernard. <laughs> and then finally he goes, oh, is it an alien name? I'm like, yes, it's an alien name. He goes, oh, Zoop Zorp. <laughs> Zoop Zorp was his alien name. <laughs> oh, no. I just shut the door at that point. I'm like, don't talk to me anymore. <laughs> have to go record <gasps> oh my god <laughs> i have tears that's <laughs> i was like i have to tell you this before i forget any of this story <laughs> <laughs> how did he get from shovel and bucket to bernard I don't like, know. where is the logic jump here i just don't know <laughs> oh i think like when i said he was an alien he thought that, like, <laughs> he thought that, like, he had an alien name, and then, like, in his head, he reverted back to, oh, but he's a guy, so it could be Richard or Paul or Bernard. Oh, okay, okay, that makes sense. But then he goes, I'm gonna Google it, and he looks it up, and he goes, his name is is Epsilon, <laughs> <laughs> like Esplin. And he's still not the right guy that he's talking about. Oh, my God. 
And now just he's like fucking chaos. And he's very he's assured me multiple times that he was just a really nice guy before he got mad at his species. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like everything you said is so wrong and I don't even like know where to begin. This is like drunk history, but with Animorphs and without the person knowing anything about yeah. what he's talking about. <laughs> Absolutely. That's exactly what this is. It was horrifying. It would be like going on drunk history and then they hand you the topic on like when you're on drink four and they're like, just say whatever you know about it and you know nothing about it. Yep. Oh, I honestly was like, I will try to explain visitors to you. And like the more I said, the like more confused he got. Oh my god, maybe you need to like draw him a picture, like draw him a diagram. I, maybe, I was like, just go listen to the Fizzer episodes, it'll explain like all of this. Oh, yeah. and that was the other thing, not to get too far ahead, but he was pretty sure that Vizzer 1 was only called Vizzer 1 because that was the first person ever infested. And I'm like, oh. no, <laughs> no. And then he goes, who runs the Yerks? And I said, the Council of 13. And he goes, ah, of course. Like, he knows. Like, that means I'm, anything to him. I mean, 13 shows up a lot in groups of villains, I feel like. Yeah. So it's not, like, the most illogical jump. I'll have to ask him what he thinks they're okay. 13 okay. of. Like, what, what 13 things do you think are in this council? This is a very chaotic start to this podcast episode. <laughs> is this not exactly what you wanted when you came on here? <laughs> Are you not entertained? Oh my god. It was like, I just can't comprehend it. I'm like, what do you, what do you take away from these episodes? Like, I know they tried really hard to make this series idiot proof. Like, I'm not saying Scott's right. idiot. I'm no, saying, he like, is. They were trying to... <laughs> <laughs> Ugh, but like uh. this okay like okay so this is like a really kind of good test like we're complaining constantly because we're like we're not dumb as an audience blah 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 but right. maybe maybe they were right yeah because scott doesn't know anything <laughs> it's like it's too complicated for people who haven't read the books but it's also not complicated enough for people who have. Yeah. Like, it's too dumb for people who have read the books. Right. So it's just in this weird limbo <laughs> of being... <coughs> they have no fans. Yeah. There's no fan base for them. There is a lot of Scott interjections into this entire episode. I'm looking forward to this. <laughs> oh my god, I don't know if I am. I feel like I'm very much lacking anything witty to say about this particular episode. <laughs> so I'm looking forward to Scott, who isn't even here, and your retellings of his comments. Yeah, they're just, you know, they're not like witty or clever. They're just, they're just so off the wall that I don't even know what to think. The, plus, the whole time that he was watching this episode, he was eating a potato that he very much undercooked. So it was basically oh raw, no, which a crunchy added, potato. It was a very crunchy potato. So this whole time, just imagine him making these comments and asking these questions while eating a very crunchy potato. Oh no! 
Do you think his negative... I'm assuming it was a negative experience with this potato. Do you think that was influencing the type of questions he was asking? Like, maybe he was just having a bad time and he was like, I'm just gonna, like... I'm just gonna, like, be chaotic right now. No, I, I truly, like... He actually paused the show and was very seriously asking me about Vizzers. And then... Okay. When I wouldn't tell him the name was when he got upset. Okay. But he paused the episode because I had asked you before if he ever paused it this to was ask the first you questions. Time. Oh my God. He paused it to ask me about Vizzers. He really wanted to solve the Vizzer puzzle. He did. And it just got more confusing the longer it went. Because like I'd tell him one thing and then he'd like just make this insane logical leap that it was like what no (laughs) and like then when i told him like you know like yerks can infest like things other than humans he was like it just blew his mind but (laughs) he's watched visitor three morph like how many times and acts i mean i don't know i mean well like i don't know (laughs) it just really feels like he should be like but that's like that's morphing. That's not infesting. So he could have just been under right. the impression that Yurk took over one type of creature who happened to know how to morph. But he doesn't and... think the Yurk took over that creature. He thinks that, oh, that, okay. that creature abandoned his people to join the Yurks, but used to be a nice guy. Oh my god. He also told me <laughs> when Yurks infest you, these are his this is a direct quote. They Pop a squat in your brain. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) Oh, my God. I was like, what the fuck are you saying? (laughs) Oh. Pop a squat in your brain. (laughs) Pop a squat in your brain. I'm just imagining him saying that in his voice. And it's, just, <laughs> it's a lot. <laughs> While eating a crunchy potato. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. <sighs> oh, I'm dying. I'm All right. Dying. Wow. I think this episode is actually coming out right before the interview episode. So this is going to go really well. Oh, my God. <laughs> Bernard. They pop a squat in Bernard's brain. I don't think he's made that connection yet, though. I'm going to call Aloran Bernard from now on. Or shovel, of course. Or bucket, you know. Shovel! Oh my god. (laughs) I do do like shovel. I I remember in a past podcast, I think it was the Gefinolin and Myrtle episode mm-hmm. where i was like what if the andalites had like different shaped blades like one of them had like a yeah. scythe and another had like a saber and shit what if they all just had fucking like garden tool tails the <laughs> trowel pickaxe <laughs> the dandelion remover <laughs> oh god oh my god backhoe <laughs> oh my god. what's the three-pronged one that just rakes real tiny oh a uh, uh, pitchfork no, it's, no. Oh wait, it, that's a big one. Yeah, that's the big one. That's for hay, the little one. Okay, the little one, a baby pitchfork. Yeah, but the ends are like at a ninety degree angle. Oh, yeah. Like I don't know. We know everything about gardening. <laughs> I know so little about gardening. Shit. A rake. 
It's probably just a tiny rake, yeah. A hand rake? <laughs> <laughs> Born to hand rake. Da, da, da. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking like like hedge trimmers. <laughs> that one could like... <laughs> oh my god, I need to draw a series of andalites with different gardening tips. Oh my god. I need this. The hedge trimmer would be amazing. Oh my god. Like, to use his tail, you would, like, have to, like, whip it, but then it would have to go through the extra lever of closing. Yeah. Oh my god. Or he would have to have, like, a really distressing, like, split in his tail that comes back together, and then, like, the muscles would, like, yeah. oh god. Oh, that's weird. I hate that. I don't like <laughs> it at all. And yet I want to see it. <clears throat> What if you had, like, a Swiss army tail? Oh, with, like, a corkscrew. Yeah, like, different, like, things would come out of out of your tail. Mm-hmm. A oh, file. man, that, that'd be badass. They should, like, modify the morphing so that you can change your, uh, your, uh, your tail blade. And you can acquire different tools. Mm-hmm. Okay, I like this. <laughs> I like this a lot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Oh my god, I'm just like looking at items around this room and I looked at my guitar and I'm like, what if you had a guitar that came out of your tail and you just like shredded? Oh my god. <laughs> you just that's like whip like... your tail in front and just like... <laughs> That's the most car voice shit I've ever heard. Oh my god. <laughs> Mad Max furious tail. Oh, I wonder if you could play a double necked guitar with the extra andalite fingers. Oh my god. I need to stop. <laughs> <laughs> oh no <laughs> well this has gone nowhere <laughs> oh, no. oh god i just looked at a sled what if what if we drew like santa claus but he had andalites pulling the sleigh instead of rain oh god i really <laughs> so need problematic this is problematic. Axe would never go for... Oh, Axe pulling a little sleigh with Jordan and Sarah in the back of the... Oh, my God. I need oh, to stop. Oh, and they keep telling him to go faster because he's a Pokemon. And oh, he's like, I am cute. very swift. He's like, I oppose to all of this. Oh, no. <laughs> okay. Okay. We're putting an end to... No, Animorphs wait. One more thing. Hour. One more okay. thing. And that one more thing. Okay. Sorry. It just... When you were saying the whole thing about the reindeers and everything... Like, what if that's how Axe really, like, came around on the whole, like, differently abled issue, is he really connected with Rudolph, and he had to explain it to all of his Andalite compatriots. Oh, no, cute! Okay, now I'm done. Okay! (laughs) (laughs) And I still literally can't breathe, I'm still choking from laughing. Oh my god, that's adorable. Oh my god, okay. Oh my god. This is our apparently holiday-themed, accidentally (laughs) holiday-themed episode. Accidentally. Axe. <laughs> well, we need to get all our axe love in this uh, beginning part because he was not in this episode and I was sad. Yeah, neither he nor Tobias made any sort of appearance. I guess that's because they were probably filming the last episode at the same time. Or yeah, something. probably. That makes sense. <sighs> I guess. I guess. I mean, just because of who was in each episode, that makes sense. Yeah. I was still sad, though. I liked how, like, <laughs> there was the mention from Rachel, like, they have to lay low. And it's like, why? Yeah. They were they were traumatized by their reliving each other's memories episode or something. <laughs> I don't know. By the ice cream lady. Yeah. Oh. 
<laughs> you totally could have gotten her number. All I wanted was ice cream. <laughs> oh, God. Precious son. He is a precious baby. He is. He is. Ugh. So what did you think of this episode? Um, I like my gut reaction is to say I liked this one. But then I thinking back on it, the most memorable things were like, oh, this is the story that Boris told us about. Yeah. And oh, that's Ted Nakamura from Glee. <gasps> oh, yeah. yeah! That, that was it. Ken, Ken Tanaka? Ken Tanaka! Yeah! Ken Tanaka? Okay. Ken Tanaka, yes. Ken Tanaka, coach from Glee. Slash. Yes. He was in a lot of other things for, like, very minor roles. I yeah. looked up his IMDb under Patrick Gallagher. And he was in, like, everything, but only for, like, one episode. <laughs> I don't know. I wonder who that other guy is I said now. Whose name that is? Ken Tanaka? No, 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 no. What did I say? Ted Nakamura? Ted Nakamura? Who's that? Don't know. I'm going to Google it, though. Okay. Googling stuff with Casey and Alex. It's that episode. I mean, okay. I'm getting a result. Uh, There's many, it looks like. Oh, okay. Well, then I pulled that name from the ether. Yep. Yeah. But you knew who I was talking about, so it's all good. Yes. Yes. He's in this episode, and he looks like baby, and it's weird. It is really weird. He does look <laughs> very young. I know. The last thing I saw him in was they used his voice and his likeness in Ghost of Tsushima, the video game where you're a samurai, and he was uh, Kuten Khan oh. uh, of the Mongols, so he was the bad guy. Alrighty then. Anyway. But yeah, Boris's uh, on-screen cry was in this episode. Yeah, I have a feeling it'll be like, it started in this episode, it will end in the next episode. Oh, you think he cries more? I think, like, I think we're gonna, I think we're gonna get, like, the recap, and then we'll get that full scene again to start the next episode. Ooh. Because I feel like it was, like, important enough, you know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. (coughs) Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the open, aftermath like i know i'm still choking to death the open of this episode was batshit insane though yeah do you want to start talking about it yeah i i'll tell you like i'll tell you without notes what i saw okay because it opens with a shot on a cockroach and i right. said to scott oh this is a great open uh because it's not a great <laughs> yeah that's right that's right <laughs> Um, no, I wish I was that clever. Um, and then it's Wizard <laughs> 3 saying, do you know how the beetle hunts to a scientist who very clearly knows how the beetle hunts based on his facial expression? <laughs> yes. But this man says nothing. And so Wizard 3 continues, the beetle hunts by fear. It detects fear in the smaller bugs because the smaller bugs know that they're going to be taken by the beetle. And the scientist, it like cuts back to the scientist who's giving him this look like, that's absolutely incorrect. <laughs> he's just like smiling and nodding. And inside he's probably going like, this is not, no, you fucked it up horribly. Like the expression on his face is just like, no, none of that. Oh my God. <laughs> and then like Visitor 3 starts saying like, I am the beetle, basically, and the Andalite bandits. I will find them because of fear. 
And they will bend to my will. I will catch them. And the scientist is like, yeah, also speaking of that, I made you a really cool device that will help you in this endeavor. Oh, man. (laughs) Yeah, his stupid fucking metaphor. And I'm just sitting here like, this is all makes no sense. And then, like, he picks up the cockroach. Like, this is later. (laughs) Later in the scene, he picks up the cockroach. And he's still calling it a beetle. And it's like, what the fuck, dude? Oh, yeah. So, oh, my God. He, like, has it on his finger. And he's holding it up to his face. And I was like, eat it. Eat it. Eat it. Eat eat it. beetle. Fear factor. Eat the cockroach. I thought he was going to do it. Like, how awesome would that be if he's just, like, staring at this scientist in his eyes. And he just, like, fucking eats that beetle. Like, fuck. You. That would be a fucking power move for sure. I know. I was hoping it would happen, but it did not. It did, it did not. They probably didn't have enough beetle budget. Yeah, beetle they didn't budget. Have beetle budget. Don't say that three times. They, we'll summon could, some sort of underworld entity. They could have gotten one of those fucking edible bug making kits from the nineties oh. and just made a fucking cockroach. Just like, be like, here you go. Just like eat this, and if you fuck it up, we'll just make another one. Okay, and you'll yeah. just eat a bunch of fucking candy beetles. I don't know how much those were in the U.S., but those things were 70 bucks in Canada. So maybe it was out of the budget, because it was, like, 70 bucks. Hmm. Yeah, maybe. They could have gotten a used one, though, probably. I don't know. What's I'm just worse, saying. Eat this live cockroach, or we've gotten this used bug gummy maker from a little boy, and you're gonna eat whatever comes out of it i mean you can also get those fake cockroaches from the zoo i mean they use... there's options <laughs> yeah like also how how much is it to rent a madagascar hissing cockroach for for like a movie i feel like they Just did one. something at a zoo once where it was like 15 bucks to adopt one but that's different isn't it i think yeah i think that's sponsoring one i'm so gonna google it. It. crickets or whatever <laughs> You gotta Google it. Mad- how, how much you rent a cockroach? That's exactly. Well, I'm gonna look up buying because if you're eating it, you have to own it. I think. I mean, there's forty-one dollars. That's so easy. I also don't know if cockroaches and bugs fall under the like Protect Animals Act for for no. TV and film. They it's, don't. Well, okay. I mean, it. I don't think so. It's literally being sold for consumption. Oh. This is, this is, Algo Kitchen is, okay, hang on. Oh, no. Florida and Hawaii require a permit. Hawaii makes sense. Florida, God only knows why. I thought everything was legal in Florida. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I mean, you can still have them, you just need a permit. Interesting. Okay. I I can't tell. This website is called algokitchen.com, which makes me think these are sold for consumption, but when I read the product overview, the first thing it says is his, hissing cockroaches, Gomphodorina portentosa, are large, easy to care for, and make great pets. Are you a okay. kitchen place or are you... And then my uh... next two suggestions are glue trap and mouse glue trap. Huh? Are you an exterminator, a kitchen, or a pet store? (laughs) What are you? What is this terrible place? What is this website I found? Oh, no. I kind of want to know what the rest of their products are now. Like, I just don't understand why, like, like, why are the two things you sell bugs and then bug extermination? (laughs) Like, what are you? 
in case they get out and multiply and you need to start killing them. I guess, but then you're also, your website's under the guise of, okay, here's some other shit they sell. Rubbermaid commercial products. Okay. What is this fucking site? Oh, no. They also Maybe it's sell a rugs. Front. It's a front. For it's clearly what? a front for the mafia. I mean, I guess. I mean, I, just... I feel like usually it's like a restaurant or a laundromat, but this is just like a, we sell fucking everything. <laughs> Well, that's okay. The, the URL is making sense now. Allgokitchen.com. It's, they're like, we're going to do a restaurant front. And then when they got in there, they're like, also, let's sell cockroaches. Also, let's sell rugs. Also, let's sell glue traps. Also, let's sell Rubbermaid products. I don't oh, know what to you make can buy them, them on Amazon. Fuck this. They're way cheaper on Amazon. $12.50 plus four bucks shipping. Oh, my God. Uh, careful, though, because it may arrive after Christmas. oh no i just don't know how i feel about that oh okay this is cool um so this place called josh's frogs also sells them and i'm going to tell you right now that's an awesome website they take really good care of all of their frogs and animals and they're great so if you're going to buy one of these nine bucks at josh's frogs plus shipping Okay. okay Uh, six bucks shipping, so it's, you know, similar price. And, uh, it will arrive before Christmas, and also they take great care of their animals. I bet Bezos doesn't take good care of his cockroaches. <laughs> Apparently not, and they won't even <laughs> arrive before Christmas. Oh my god. Bezos' cockroaches. Yeah, especially if you're in Michigan, I think, is where Josh's Frogs is located. Maybe Bezos does take good care of his cockroaches. Maybe they're, like, his favorite thing. He's like, I'll exploit my workers, like, no problem, but cockroaches, man, that's my jam. (laughs) I hate humans, but cockroaches are great. (laughs) (laughs) This is the thing. Oh, Oh, God. Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) So that's the cold open of this episode. (laughs) All right, yep. I think my only other note about this scene is that the plasma lamp is back. Yes. There's, I think there's one or two of them sitting on the desk where the scientist is. Yeah, of course. Uh, but yeah, like everything else you said, that's basically the scene. <laughs> that's it. Um, yeah. Fucking I, like... morphing sensor. The, the, mach- the Valique machine, basically. Yeah, well, I thought that, and then, I, well, at first I immediately, of course, went to the Buffa Man book, and I was like, what? They got the Helmicron ship, and they could, and then I remembered, oh, wait, they're still chopping and screwing Megamorphs, and then they're like, okay, so now we have the Valique machine, mm-hmm. and then also, we're just gonna go back to book five. My bad. Yeah, I don't, <laughs> the, the timeline's definitely screwy here. And I'm, I'm fine with that conceptually. Like, I'm fine yeah. with rearranging stuff if it is good and flows and makes sense or to avoid things. I just didn't quite get this particular yeah jumble. I, mean, I don't, yeah, like, I don't mind them turning the Valik into a machine. That makes perfect sense. Like, that's yeah. fine. But, yeah, this, yeah, I, I'll talk about it more later. And this is the first of Scott's comments, too, because when they pulled out... So the house that, that we live in, the people before us were obsessed with security. Like, I 
pulled so many security systems out of the walls and had to like patch holes and like every single door and window has a sensor in it that's drilled into it um that i've had to pull it out so now there's just holes all over the place gross what are they hiding uh well it was just wiring to go through so that if you open the window it would alert the central security systems and we had three different security control systems on the walls from three different places so we had like a comcast It, it was absolutely insane but one of the things that we couldn't get rid of because it's hardwired into the wall and it would be a huge patch job in the middle of like a giant long wall is a motion detector that's not hooked up to anything because I pulled all the wiring out. Mm-hmm. But it's like literally mounted on our wall, motion detector. And Scott looked at that and he looked at the thing on screen. He goes, oh my God, that's our security system. And I looked up and sure enough, it's our security system. It's a motion detector. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. It was so crazy. Cause like literally we're looking at it on screen and it's like, it's the, the uh, painted black version or whatever on screen. And ours is, is the white plastic version. But like when uh-huh. you look at the two of them, you're like, oh my God, it's the same thing. Okay. That's interesting. Cause I wondered what they had gotten to, to make the a motion detector. <laughs> okay. That makes sense. <laughs> Because, like, they, they used a CD player for the, whatever, mm-hmm. the thing, the memory mobile. But yeah, yeah, they just, like, went nuts at the hardware store. <laughs> oh went to the God. dump, probably. They probably, <laughs> Electronics yeah, recycling. Yeah, actually, that's probably exactly what it was. Oh, Christ. Oh, I'm so glad that I know how to patch drywall. I feel very confident about this. Oh, speaking of patching drywall, <laughs> this yes. segues very nicely into the next scene. <laughs> oh my god. This fucking scene. Okay, so Marco's dad is getting ready to paint the walls of their living room. Oh my god. Uh... <laughs> Um, Marco comes in and he's like clearly not dressed for painting and his dad kind of comments on that like oh you're gonna paint in that and Marco's like shut up pop I'm ready for action (laughs) and I'm just like your father probably bought you those nice clothes and you're just gonna ruin them by painting (laughs) but it's fine Um, (laughs) I mean he ends up ruining all the clothes so he ends up it's ruining fine. everything. He everything does kind of ruin him. everything. Oh, Scott got so mad at this scene. Anyway, I, uh, uh, yeah. I did too. I did too. <laughs> Holy shit. Um, so they played like this weird game of keep away with the with the brushes because apparently Marco's like a five-year-old child still. Yeah. Um, and I'm like, you're both grown men. What are you doing? Um, <laughs> Good question. So... They take the the final painting off the wall, and there's a little crayon drawing of a turkey, a hand turkey underneath. And and Marco's dad's like, do you remember this? And Marco's like, yeah. And Marco's dad's like, okay, but I have to explain it for the benefit of the audience. <laughs> and he's like, when Marco's a kid, he dragged the ladder in, and he wanted to help his mom decorate for Thanksgiving. And mm-hmm. Marco's like, she was so mad. And Jeremy's like, no, nah, she wasn't that mad. She thought it was cute. And... <laughs> They exchanged this little look, which was really, I loved. Um, and then Marco, like, grabs the grabs the roller and the paint tray, and he, like, climbs up, and he's starting to paint. And, well, okay, but first he holds his hand up to the turkey and has a monologue about how it changes it's so <laughs> bad. Okay, and then he climbs up and starts to paint, 
And his dad's like, like, you know, make sure to, you know, be careful or whatever. And he proceeds to commit several paint crimes. <laughs> this wasn't even the start of Scott getting so mad. I had to watch this scene. I think three times Scott rewound it to rewatch it and get oh pissed. Oh my god. <laughs> like I I think he started it started with the the hand thing. Scott had to show me that his hand had not grown at all since he was a child. And okay, I, said, I noticed that too, yeah. Yeah, and I was like, "No, it's bigger." And he's like, "Barely." Barely. So he got very upset about that. Uh-huh. And then I believe he used the same words that you just did once Marco started painting. He was like, what the fuck is he doing? Oh, my God. Oh, and that was like paint crimes. What is happening? <laughs> yeah. So, like, we painted a wall in our living room very recently, like a, a month or two ago. And uh-huh. so I'm like, I'm like intimately familiar with painting at this point in my life. I've painted the entire house. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Like, <laughs> like we've both come into home ownership within the past year and have painted Fucking significant nightmare. parts of our house. Yeah. So the fact that Marco is using a tiny hand roller and he <laughs> just climbs haphazardly up the ladder and starts at a random point on the wall, oh my God. dripping paint everywhere as he's doing so. It's like you could have gotten one of those like stick extenders that you screw the bottom of the of the roller in and saved yourself a ton of time. Um, just he like, did... If he had started in the corner but still climbed the ladder, I would have been like, okay. Like I weird, but like it's a technique. But what he did was a crime. Yeah. Yep. And he did not tape off the top of the wall. Oh, my God. That was the worst. Oh, my God. Although, it was so funny. So, he, like, climbs up there. We see the top of the wall and beyond. There's no ceiling. There should have been a ceiling. But the wall (laughs) just keeps going. And it's like, okay, we're on a set. I get it. This is definitely not a house. Like, there should have been a ceiling there. Nah. Nah. Nah, it's good. Oh, God. But then the biggest crime of all, and and Marco's dad points this out, is that Marco is leaning over on the ladder, and his dad's like, "You should, you should move the ladder if you want to paint over there." And Marco's like, "Oh, it's fine." And then he fucking falls off and lands in the paint tray, and it's like, "You motherfucker!" Yeah, but it's like, it's also filmed like a slapstick comedy. Like he leans it over, is. you you literally see him go, "Oh, oh, oh," and then it cuts to him clearly on the ground standing and then just jumping and landing face down in the paint. Like, yeah, they don't even try to make it like a coherent scene. Oh my God. Well, and he, he landed on his hands. Yes. (laughs) When I was a real little kid, my mom fell off a ladder and landed on her hand and like shattered her wrist. And ever since then, she's been like terrified of ladders. And it's like, Marco, this is not a game. People get hurt. (laughs) So does your mom just like go to the paint store to buy her jeans and face her fears? (laughs) It's like like immersion therapy. Exactly. (laughs) Surround herself with ladders. That's why she's been getting their jeans from the paint store. It's really her therapist doing. So they're like, you got to go and just see all the ladders. (laughs) No, no. If she had been on Maury, a guy dressed as a ladder would have come out and chased her around the south. What are you so afraid of? There will just be so many. There's so many wrongs. <laughs> uh, I 
it could fall off of it. But if you don't get on it, you can't fall off. But it could fall. I could fall. It could fall on me. What if I walk under it and it's seven years of bad luck? Oh, my God. Or nine years. I don't really know the, the amount of time. I don't know. Forever. Forever. It's always it's- bad luck. Yeah, so Marco fucking beefs it and is miraculously not hurt. And (laughs) then he starts having a fucking paint fight with his dad. Oh, Scott got so mad at this. Like, (laughs) it's okay. It starts off like really cute. Like Marco is pretending like his dad runs over. He's like, are you okay? Are you okay? Yeah. And his dad helps him up. He starts like wiping his hands like, oh, oh, thanks. Oh, like clearly joking. Yeah. And then, like, rollers him, and then Marco's dad paints his face, and then one of them grabs the bucket and yeah. upends it on the other, and Scott goes, that's $50 worth of paint! <laughs> <laughs> I, oh god, my earbud fell out. Um, oh, no. I couldn't, I couldn't even focus on that, because, like, I was looking at this paint and being like, are they painting with milk? Yeah, what? It didn't have any coverage at all. No, it was so watery. It was like, it was... did you mix this? Like, and Jesus then like Christ, it was, you guys. I don't know if they had done so many takes or like if it was just the paint that they got, but like when they kept wiping it, like it wasn't wiping. It was almost like they were hitting a dry spot and like yeah. just faking. It was so weird. It was bizarre. The whole thing was fucking weird. Oh my god. See, like, this is what I mean when, like, I want to say I liked this episode, but, like, I can't figure out why. Like, it was, what did I like about it? It was, like, the most perplexing episode. <laughs> it so, was like baffling. Like, they were trying to make us follow a story and a plan, and nothing made sense. And, <laughs> I mean, at least Marco and his dad looked like they were having a lot of fun. And it looked yeah, like the actors were just, like, they were just, like, okay, guys, like, have a paint fight and they were just like like <laughs> fucking making it up and ad-libbing and it was pr- very adorable yeah that's, that's the only true. redeeming part Ugh. <laughs> but yeah maybe i was just so excited to finally get to boris's story that like oh, I, yeah. I didn't register anything else really oh man no he yeah i i will say i, I did love <laughs> all the marco parts in this i thought me like, too yeah me and even and scott did too like at one point during the episode, Scott was like, man, Marco's just so great. And then he's like, is he like this in the books? I'm like, yeah, he's really good in the books, too. And Scott's like, I'm not going to read them. Scott! I know. And I'm like, listen to the audiobooks. He's like, I have too many books already. I'm like, you're constantly asking for recommendations. These like, books are like 100 pages long. They take like yeah. two hours tops to read if you read slow. I read slow, so... Uh they're so good. Okay, I. Ugh. <laughs> Damn it. Ugh. Good times. All right. Shall we get back into? <laughs> sure. Let's let's do it. I mean, we could talk about Jake. That's a good segue, right? Because we're at the point where Jake goes bopping around his room. Oh like my a god! Reckless baby. <laughs> Yeah, so, like, there's music playing over Marco and his dad's paint fight, and it segues right into Jake in his room, and someone's screaming at Jake to turn the music down, and he's like, all right, but it helps me concentrate, and he proceeds to smack all of his worldly possessions with a pair of drumsticks. I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> I don't know. 
I don't know what he was doing, but I was here <laughs> for it. <laughs> oh, man. I like how he has uh, drumsticks, but no drum set. Right. Yeah. Well, of course. Of course. Maybe it's in the basement. His parents are like, you can't play that up here. You have to play <laughs> in the basement. And only when we're not home. Yeah. But yeah, he eventually sits down with his biology book and he starts marking off all the animals that they've morphed. <laughs> and he says hell no to the warthog and the coral, which I thought was really funny. Yeah. I don't even... The coral got me. The coral was so... Like, the warthog was kind of like, ha, ha, ha. But then the coral, I was like, okay, that's, that's pretty funny. <laughs> and then the phone rings and he runs into the hallway to get it, but Tom has beaten him to it. And Tom looks up and he's like, it's for me. And it's super shady. And he goes and takes his call in the bedroom. And we get a slow-mo sandwich of Jake looking concerned. And we finally get to see Tom's room. And it is nothing like the room we thought was Tom's room. (laughs) It wasn't the old lady room at all. Yeah. No florals to be seen. Oh, we were lied to. I don't. I don't know. I'm just very confused. This okay? Can I tell you though what, what Scott said at sure. this scene? Yeah. So the way that like we see Tom in his room, and then Homer pushes through the door, and Scott mm-hmm. goes, "Do they even have a dog?" <laughs> did he not watch the first episode? I swear to God, he did. <laughs> and the second episode, Ooh. and the third episode, and yeah, every episode that Homer's ever been in. <sighs> my god it was like i i was like who are you like homer's not like a major character in the later episodes but like right in the early episodes he was though yeah i don't know i i do appreciate that they got the same dog like they they've consistently gotten the same dog for this Mm -hmm. Like, usually in animal films movies, they get, like, a couple different dogs that look the same. But this one is obviously the same dog, because it's got that adorable Mm -hmm. dark spot on his tongue. What a good dog. Yeah, that's been killing me lately. I have Heartland on in the background, because it's long, and I don't have to pay attention to know what happens. And Mrs. McMurray's in it. And Mrs. McMurray's in it. (laughs) But, like, they clearly get different horses that are trained for the different tricks that they need done. Oh, sure. So it's, like, sometimes it's just so bad. Like, sometimes it's fine and you're, like, oh, they're different. But, like, you know, I'm not the layman watching this show. Like, I kind of, like, I can tell. Yep. But sometimes it's, like, you're not fooling fucking anyone with this. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, like... I remember watching, I think, like, Homeward Bound or Homeward Bound 2, and I could always tell when they switched out the dog that was playing Chance, because he's the one with, like, the spots, so sometimes the spots wouldn't be the same. Like, I think it's easier for, like, a solid color dog, but, like... Yeah, for sure, like, Lassie. Yeah. But, yeah, when you have a dog with, like, pretty inconsistent markings, it's, like, a little obvious, but, you know, they do Mm -hmm. their best. (laughs) They tried. But yeah, Tom's room, it's its green and covered in sports shit. It is. And we're not confused it's anymore. It's gross. It is gross. And his floor is all scratched up. I don't know. Yeah, he just looks like, it doesn't look like gross as in like he has like food rotting everywhere, but it just looks like it would be grimy. Yeah. I don't know. I don't like it. I prefer Tom with his old granny florals. Yeah, me too. <laughs> it's just so bizarre. 
<laughs> it would have been so good though. Like these are the choices you went with. Like yeah, you're definitely an alien. This is all <laughs> fucked. <laughs> the Yerk's just like the flowers comfort me. I just wanted to have a pastel palette in here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. Um, <laughs> so yeah, Tom's talking on the phone, presumably to another controller. He's finished the installations. And he set up the Kendron at the Eggs Tower and all that shit. <laughs> uh, and Homer comes in. Homer comes in. Very, very sus. And <laughs> there's this scene where... Tom's, like, talking on the phone. He picks up a rawhide, and, like, Homer grabs it, and they're, like, playing tug for a little bit. And then Tom walks over to the window, and he sees the real Homer barking in the yard. And he, t- he turns around, and Jake is gone. Yay. I was just like, are you fucking kidding me, Jake? That was so reckless. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Jake was pretty reckless when it came to this sort of thing early on. Because, like, this would have been about the time that he was morphing from the roach under the fridge yeah. at his own house. Like, yeah. That's true. I mean, forget it. But, like, whatever. So, Tom, <laughs> like, looks around for Homer and he, like, peeks into Jake's room and Jake's sitting in his chair. And he's like, have you seen the dog? And Jake's like, uh-uh. <laughs> And he leaves, and Jake pulls the rawhide out of his mouth, <laughs> which I thought yep. was really funny. It's a really good visual gag. But I loved that so much. But, like, he could have just stood outside of Tom's room and eavesdropped. But this was way more fun, though. <laughs> oh my. But, like, later on in the episode, there was clearly a time they could have morphed and they didn't, and I don't know. I was just... Oh, yeah, there were so <sighs> many times. Christ. Uh, there was, it was very inconsistent with, like, when they planned and did not plan to morph. Yeah. I just... It's fine. But, yeah, the rawhide bit was very funny, I thought. It was it was all worth it. I didn't even question the morphing at that point, so yeah. I was like, this rawhide bit. This is great. <laughs> Jake's... Sean's face. Like, first... It, went it was to- almost like... <laughs> It went from disgust to, like, concern about the situation, like, so seamlessly. I honestly thought that that reaction was 100% pure Sean not realizing that putting the rawhide bone into his mouth would make it floppy, like, as it got wet. (laughs) And so he pulled it out expecting it to be rawhide, and then it (laughs) flops in his hand, and he's like, oh! (laughs) Like, that's the first take he did, and that's the one they went with. That's the one they went with because it like the shock and the awe and the horror on his face as he like understood the properties of rawhide now. Christ, I love that. <laughs> That's canon. In my head, it is perfect. <laughs> so Jake goes over to Marco's house. Um, apparently, they've gotten absolutely no additional work done after their paint war. Um, oh yeah, they just fucking left. They're like, oh, yeah, they're on the floor now. Yeah, Let's get. Yeah, pretty much. It's a fucking mess. It is a disaster. Um, Although, I really like, so Marco opens the door for Jake, and Marco kind of laughs, just like off the bat. Like, like, (laughs) oh, Jake's going to give me shit, so I'm just going to like beat him to the punch. Which, I loved that. (laughs) I loved that, too, where he's like, my house is chaos, what do you want? Like, I'm anticipating Jake's reaction and laughing before. (laughs) Oh, so cute. Another interesting thing um, is that, like, Jake gives him some shit, and then Marco says it's a work in progress. But he says progress like a Canadian. 
It's weird because he's from California. I know. Is he mocking us? I don't know. Or was he Boris. hanging out with Canadians so much that he just kind of picked up the accent? I'm going to call him and ask, hey, were you mocking me 20 years <laughs> You're ago? You're making fun of me, Boris. You making fun of me, Boris? You want to fight me, Boris? Oh my God. He could kill you. He would never try. He would never. I'd bring the sheer force of my rage to this fight. Oh my god. Oh shit. (laughs) This is not even the first time that I, as this Animorphs podcast, have planned a fight. (laughs) Oh yeah, because you're fighting the threatening to fight Applegate at some point. Oh, I was I was also threatening to fight uh, animorphing time in a parking lot. Oh, that's at one right point on Twitter. Man. So this is the third time. Oh my that I've god! A fight. Oh my god! <laughs> oh. You got an ass, Alex. Will kick it. <laughs> <laughs> I did wear a, a plaid button-up shirt the other day, and I had to undo the button at the cuffs, and I was like, "Huh, I feel like I'm in a letter Kenny fight." Hell right yeah! Now. Hell yeah! <laughs> Yeah, so uh, then there's, like, a joke about, like, Jake says he has some news, and Marco's like, let me guess, you met Buffy the Vampire Slayer, and she wouldn't give you her number. She was saving herself for a smart, charming, <laughs> handsome, Jake chimes in, modest, Mod- Marco finishes, dude named Marco. And Jake's like, it's almost like you were there. He was so sincere. He was. Before he cracked. <laughs> <laughs> it, yeah, it was, feeling the friendship in this one. Yeah, it was so good. I loved them. And the whole time, like, Boris has paint in his hair. I know! (laughs) It's just chaos. He's just owning it, and it's great. He was. He was like, whatever. This is my life. (sighs) And then they get serious, and Jake says he he found out the Yerks have a second Candrona at the Eggs Tower. Eggs. And Marco's like, oh, that's where the Elmo guy took us in the future. Jake is like, the Elemis, but sure, we can sneak into the tower, destroy it before they have a chance to use it. Marco's like, I'm out. And Jake (laughs) is like, what the fuck? We have to do this. This will be a huge hit to them. Marco says it's too big. Jake says it's no bigger than anything else they've had to do. Marco says he's sick of this whole thing. He wants to be a normal kid, goof off, and have zits. Well, not really, but you know. Mm -hmm. Um, Jake's like, yeah. Jake says I can't go back and Marco's like I can't take anything else away from my dad and then we get the scene what we think is the scene <laughs> this is Scott told me he thought that what Marco was gonna do then was take Jake over to his hand turkey and probably <gasps> display his oh, hand turkey oh <laughs> yeah I can't take anything more away from my dad look at this beautiful turkey we're about to paint <laughs> over <laughs> I was hoping that they would have, like, painted around the, the turkey hand and just left it on the wall. Like, like if this were a good TV show, that would have been, like, the last thing we saw at the end of the episode. I don't want to spoil anything. Oh, is I that what happens? Really remember it. I think they might. I think they might. Like, they either, the like, frame. Of... They put, like, a frame around it, I think. Oh, maybe. that's cute. I hope they do that. That sounds adorable. I think they do. Okay, I if hope I, so. If I remember it correctly, I don't know if I am. Because, like, so much of the... Like, the thing I remembered most clearly from this was the rawhide coming out of Jake's mouth. Like, <laughs> I knew exactly what was about to happen. I was like, Scott, watch this. This is so good. Oh, my God. And, like, that's what I remember the most from this episode more than anything else. Okay. So my memory's shoddy, but I think they might I frame just, it. 
I assumed that they wouldn't because when Boris was climbing up the ladder to paint, like paint was like dripping down and I think paint dripped over the turkey. <laughs> they so had to I, clear it up really quick. Yeah, like I I just kind of assumed that it was forfeit and they had committed to covering it. But I don't know. I hope they do that. Maybe. That'd be really cute. Yeah. Hopefully. I, like I swear it's like something at the end of like the three parter where he's like, sometimes it's worth preserving history and that's like the foil to the changes. Okay. Sure. Okay. I don't know if that's true. I may have just made all of that up in my head. We'll see. We'll find out. We'll see if there's <laughs> some decent writing here. Right. <sighs> um, so Marco pulls out a framed photo and it's him and his parents. And he's like, it's been two years. Things are starting to feel okay. Dad's doing well. And I'm all my dad has. And then he's like, my mom used to tell me the beginning of a riddle before she went out on her boat. And that meant that she had to come back and finish the joke. And then he starts choking up, and he's like, I miss her, Jake. And Jake's like, I know. I know, buddy. At this point, Scott asked me, is Marco's mom dead? And then I said yes, and he goes, how did she die? Oh, my God. I was like, pay attention. (laughs) I told him that one, though, because I don't know if they actually say it in the TV show. So I did tell him that one. Yeah. I mean, he said she went out on her boat, but they don't. Right, they don't explain yeah, that. They don't go like, beyond that. Yeah. It's more implied right. than anything. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, and Jake's like, I want Tom back too, but we, this can't happen unless we keep fighting. That's different, Jake. Tom's not dead. He's not dead. He's just under control. Yeah, I mean, I guess that was foreshadowing, huh? I, I guess. I don't know. Is this foreshadowing? I don't know, Hermione. Is it? <laughs> Can anyone tell me what I... foreshadowing is? <laughs> uh, but I thought Boris did a really great job. Like I agree. Aww. He was so cute. So sad. It made me sad to think about how he, he made himself really miserable before filming this scene. Yeah. This was probably filmed in the lead up where he was just beating himself up for two weeks. Oh. Method acting is bad. <laughs> Poor Boris. I know. And then I thought about somebody hammering in the <laughs> in the fucking other part of the set and him getting so pissed. Oh god. Uh, I love him. He's great. He's so great. Uh, all right. Are you ready to go to the eggs tower? I'm ready. Let's go get some eggs. Mm. so <laughs> the biggest disconnect i had with this was i thought the egs tower was going to be like a tower a tower like a fucking skyscraper it's like some like the one we saw before yeah and this one was uh like a power plant or a factory or something with like a tall structure on it i don't know it was wonky <laughs> it was just it was, it was it was just nonsensical. <sighs> I don't know. I don't... It wasn't great. Uh, Jake's sneaking around outside the perimeter fence, and he hears something moving, and he's like, Rachel? And then we cut to Rachel and Cassie, who are elsewhere. And Rachel's like, I can't believe Marco's not here. It's gonna be weird without him. And Cassie's like, don't be mad at him. He had to make a choice, and blah, blah, blah. 
And that's when Rachel mentions that Tobias and Axe are laying low, and this is going to be a tough fight. And I was like, why aren't they there? Huh? Huh? They're laying low, apparently. Laying low. They're filming another episode. They're filming an episode elsewhere. They're putting ice cream on their shoes. Let them be. Oh, God. (laughs) Talk about girls. Yeah. Sports and girls. Sports and girls. Uh. And artichokes. <laughs> Sorry. I just, I just want you to know, I did get a, a text, I think yesterday, out of nowhere, where Shannon just texted me and said, the leaves of the artichoke are also my favorite part. And like, <laughs> I was like, no we were not even talking before that. And I was like, what the fuck? Oh my <laughs> and God. I was like, oh, right, I get it now. I love that. That's great. <laughs> Oh, man. Like, if, it, if this was anyone else, I'd be like, this is a plea for help. <laughs> this is code. <laughs> they're kidnapped, oh, and no. this is the, the code they're using. I have to get them. Oh, shit. That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. So, anyways, tell your kids that's that's your safe phrase. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Wasn't that a thing back in the 90s? Like, your parents would tell, if, like, someone was going to come pick you up. They gave you, Maybe. they gave them like a code phrase to tell you, and that's how you knew it was okay to go with them. I think so. Yeah. Well, that would have been a good one. Yeah. <laughs> For the 90s when stranger danger was a very prominent issue. Oh, man. Yeah. Um, <laughs> okay. Let us move on. Um, okay. The girls are waiting for Jake. Ma- Rachel makes a snide comment about how maybe he went home. And then she's like, sorry, I'm just really mad that Marco isn't here. I'm going to miss his complaining. Um, <laughs> Jake pops out and he's like, there's something wandering around in the woods. And they think it might be security. But it's not. It's Marco. And he's like, I heard you miss me, Rachel. And then he says, like, after this mission, he's out. And he swore off Yerk finding as a New Year's resolution. Rachel's <laughs> like, it's nowhere near New Year's. And Marco's like, just say it, Rachel. You miss me already. And he, like, jokingly strokes her cheek and she shoves him into a fence. <laughs> and Cassie and Jake are giggling and they're making comments like, aren't they cute? And come on, lovebirds. And, like, definitely playing I'm- up the Marcelco again. There is a writer on the show that is a fan of the series that wants them paired up. And that's the only person who knows anything about Animorphs at all. And this is what they choose to expend their time on. Yep. Yep. <laughs> there's just so much of it. Like There's so much of there's it. There's more <laughs> Rachel and Marco stuff than there is Rachel and Tobias stuff. Which, like, I mean, Tobias is a bird. But. Yeah. I mean, yeah, he's a bird, and, like, yeah, I'm sure they don't want to write that or don't know how to write that, but, like, come on, guys. Like, Tobias and Axe are the biggest draws to the show, and they had to have the numbers to know at this point in the series, like, that those were the favorite characters. (laughs) Christopher was the favorite actor. Right, Christopher was the favorite actor. Like, you guys, like, stop. Stop fucking with this. Like, you're not doing anything else right. So, like, also don't fuck that up, too. Well, like, and in the show, Marco and Rachel, like, so many of their interactions are flirtatious. But, like, in the books, they're not. They're, you know, they're either kind of argumentative or they're, like, just agreeing on something. They're never, like, 
They're never flirtatious in the books, I feel like. Like, the show's really driving it. Yeah, or, like, it's Marco's really flirtatious, and it's always Rachel, like, brutally shutting him down. Yeah. But, like, I don't know. She's definitely, like, reciprocating in the show, and I don't know how I feel about that. Yeah. Yeah, it's... I've been kind of, like, noticing this... I mean, I don't even know that it's well-written enough for me to say this, but I, I've kind of been noticing this yo-yo of, like, she has these moments where she's just so purely in character as Rachel. Mm-hmm. Like, these moments with Tobias, these moments in battle. Yeah. But, like, when she's just, like, with the group, it's almost like they don't, like, they lose sight of, like, what does she sound like? Like, what's her voice? Oh Who is God. this person? She's got some moments coming up that I was like, what the fuck is going on? as well <laughs> oh my god yeah Ugh. yeah somebody read the uh the um burrowing oatmeal book and tried to extrapolate it across the series in a very unsuccessful way oh uh, another complaint i have okay i'm i'm looking forward to hearing your thoughts about that because <laughs> okay um so yeah marco's there and they rendezvous and leave their hiding spot, enter the building. Marco's like, that was too easy. There should have been security and blah, blah, blah. Um, he's not wrong. He's not wrong. And I thought that was very in character for Marco. Mm-hmm. Um, Jake tells him to shut up and they need to listen. They look at some red light coming out from under a door that says restricted area. And Jake's like, that's the same sound that they heard when, when they were with the Elemis and they should look in this room. And... Mm-hmm. We, at this point, we, the audience, see the morphing sensor above the door. Um, right. I don't know why the kids aren't looking for these cameras and sensors. No one ever and... looks up. <laughs> uh. <laughs> yeah. Um, da, 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 where am I? Uh, Cassie says she and Rachel will keep a lookout. Marco complains that he didn't sign up for scouting duty. And Jake's like, come on, Marco. Um be a man. You must be must swift, be swift as a coursing <laughs> lizard. Um, and before they go in, uh, Marco starts telling him the riddle. How do you tell the difference between a horse and a fish? And the girls are like, what the fuck? And Jake's like, Marco will tell you when, when we get back. Um, they morph to lizards and the sensor starts flashing red, but nobody notices it somehow. Um, the boys crawl under the door. Cassie and Rachel set up their positions to keep guard. And the last thing we see is the flashing sensor before we cut to a commercial break. What commercials are we seeing? Probably, hmm. Do you remember those, like, they weren't the now compilations, but do you remember those, like, like the best love songs of the 80s compilations? Or, like, yeah. Yeah. Maybe one of those? The best dance hit of the 90s. Yeah. Yes. One or two of those for two easy payments of 1999. That's right. That's right. Plus shipping and handling. Yep. No cash on delivery. No. What else? <laughs> uh, how about one of the uh, World Wildlife Life Funds adopted Ooh, animal? Yeah. Get a stuffed animal. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Get a stuffed animal. My mom uh-huh. used to complain that all of these organizations that would send you all this crap would like. She was like, "They're not even spending any money on the animals. They're just spending money on the merchandise." Mm-hmm. She fucking hated them. Yeah, but, you know, it's the best way to get a lot of people to buy into it. I need that stuffed panda. That's right. For my kid. And I can feel good about helping the environment. Yeah. 
my mom used to say that she had done that and then just lie to me and let me check the mailbox excitedly for two months. Wow, rude. Because <laughs> it used to buy her like two months of me like, oh, I guess they still didn't send it. I guess it got lost in the mail, blah, blah, blah. Oh, my God. But the reality was she just didn't do anything. She just told me to start checking the mailbox just to, wow. I don't know, let me get excited about something. Wow. Do you have, I do you have like mailbox anxiety like I do? Like, what do you mean? Like, I anticipate the mail coming every day, and I, like, obsessively check outside my windows, and if I if I go out and check the mail and it's not there, then I'm like, oh, God, where is it? Especially I... now, because there's been reports of people getting their packages stolen off their porches, which I don't know if that's real nice. or if that's just suburban drama. Well, it's, I feel like that happens every <laughs> Christmas. Thing. Yeah. Um, I, I used to, but I accidentally broke myself of that habit by signing up for the USPS informed delivery. Ooh. And now it tells me every morning what I'm going to get in the mail. Oh, what? That's a thing? Yeah. You can, you can sign up for right now. Go to USPS.com, make an account, (gasps) tell them you want form delivery and they'll send you scans of everything that's coming in your mail. So you can see like the letter, who it's coming from. Like, you get a scanned image of your mail. Oh my god, I'm so excited. This changes yeah. everything. Because, like, the past couple of days I've been expecting, like, a couple of things and I've just been like, I wish we had a mail slot in the door. Because, like, a guy dropped a package off earlier and usually they bring it up to the door but this guy dropped it off, like, underneath my mailbox, which is, like, half a block down. That I have to go to the end of the driveway to go. And I was like, does that? You just like left it on the side of the road. Like, I get it. Like, the post office is really strained right now. And I think this guy, well, this guy was in a U Haul truck. So I think he was just like a contractor or something. So he probably didn't know. But like, I was still like, oh my God, I have to go right now. Go get my package before someone takes it. And I'm sorry. I think he still knows to put it at at least your garage, if not your door. I don't know. It was like he could have fucking driven his truck up the driveway. It's a really long driveway. It would have been fine. I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> I have mail anxiety. Then he has to back the truck out. Yeah. Anyway, sign up for the informed delivery. Okay. It's, it's life changing. Thank you. Thank you for this. Yeah. Nugget it's of great. knowledge. It also it tells you as well packages. It'll tell you what's coming today, <gasps> but it'll also tell you for a couple days out. Well, so you'll see like arrive if it's like. Saturday and it's arriving Tuesday you'll see the tracking number and then this package is arriving Tuesday but does it just say it's a package or does it say what's in the package uh it it gives you the information the tracking number gives you so it'll just say it's a package but if you click on it it'll have all the information that like for tracking so if you know where it's coming from then you can like then you can are you gonna generally tell you gonna know what your Christmas present is Oh no no no! You're not. You don't know what's inside of it. It's it's just like you get like the okay. the twenty eight digit tracking okay, number. Okay, cool. Okay, cool. I'm gonna do that. I'm gonna do that. I recommend it. It's great. And now like I there's some days where the mail truck will come and I'll notice and I'll be like, I'm just getting like coupons today. I'm not fucking going oh, out there. Man. For that. I'm, oh man, this is gonna change my life. It is gonna change your life. Oh my god. <laughs> wow. 
What's really trippy now is sometimes it'll be like, you're getting a package in three days. And I'll be like, I didn't fucking order anything. What's happening? <laughs> it's like opposite of male anxiety. Where normally I'd get a surprise package and be like, wow. And now I'm like, oh, God, what have I spent money on and forgotten about? <laughs> it's Christmas time. <laughs> well, it's like the worst one is I keep remembering that I ordered Max Fun Pins. And I never order them oh. at the end of the month. Oh, so okay. I get them like in a couple of weeks. I ordered these ones. It was like they they had the Adventure Zone ones that was the Void Fish and Ooh. then Steven in the I love in the those. glass ball keychain. Right. So I ordered them like on the first of November and of course they're not even shipping until December fifteenth. And now it's like every time a package pops up, I'm like, Is it my max fun pants? And then I don't get them and I'm like, Fuck Oh God no. Damn it. Oh no. But that's that's my answer to every surprise delivery right now is oh it must be my max fun pants. <laughs> Oh, jeez. Anyways. <laughs> Perfect. A podcast talk within a podcast talk. Yep. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, so commercials. We're back. We're back from the commercials. That basically was a fucking commercial for USPS. <laughs> oh, no. Uh... Shit. Uh, Rachel and Cassie are standing guard. Rachel looks anxious, and Cassie gives her this kind of little forced smile, which I really loved. Um, and then we're at a security desk that says Egg Security. And eggs. Eggs. <laughs> there's a guard, <laughs> and he sees the sensor going off, and he picks up the phone and relays this information to someone else who's like, excellent, let's wait and see where they're headed. Which did not make sense to me because they're headed into the room where the Kondrona is because your sensor should have picked that up. You should have, like, put a number on your sensor that indicates where on the map that whatever. Um, uh, the, the, the boys are in the room and they morph and they're inside the Kandrona room and they, they... Oh my god, okay. <laughs> so... I took dictation on my notes and usually I proofread them, but I was really behind and I just finished like an hour before we recorded. Oh no. <laughs> so it says, anyway, Marco and Jake spot the canned Rona and start moving towards it. So <laughs> <laughs> there's going to be some interesting typos. I love that your phone was like, I know what the Rona is. <laughs> I, I can learn based off of current events. It's Corona in a can. It's Corona in a can. Obviously, the kids are all saying it now. And it's like, actually, no, you're wrong. Oh, God. Although, it did take Andalite the other day. That's so fucking weird to me. It was weird, and it's the only time it's done it. What was the other one that it nailed the other day that was really weird? Uh Oh, Siberia. Yeah, Siberia. That's so strange. I still That's hate that. That's so fucking... It's just so weird because it's like not... We've already been yeah, through this, but it, oh man. it's just so weird. Yeah, it's so weird. I don't understand. Um, I don't understand either. Uh, Jake burns his fucking hand on a tube, and <laughs> of course. And Marco's like, "Is it hot?" And Jake's like, "No, it's cold." <laughs> and Marco's like, "I thought it was supposed to be like their son. It should be hot." And Jake's like, "Hot shit can feel cold." And then Marco fucking touches it and burns his hand, and I'm like, "What are you doing?" <laughs> Who wrote this dialogue? A hot shit can feel cold. This fucking dialogue goes downhill in the entire second half of this episode. It's fucking bonkers. I don't understand. Ugh. I mean, 
where we're coming from. The platform that we're coming down from is Beatles Hunt Through Fear. Yeah, yeah, that's so, true. That's like, true. <laughs> I don't know how far of a drop it really yeah. is. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, so now the alarm is going off. I don't know why it decided to go off now, but here we are. Um, yeah. The girls start freaking out and calling to the boys and banging on the door. Jake is like, we got to get out of here. They turn to leave, but then they get trapped into this like cube that's manifesting around them. And it's just like a 30 seconds of like, just everybody screaming and banging on walls and the camera's spinning around Jake and Marco who are surrounded in this dark room. And I love that they did the total Star Trek shot too, where they're like, okay, you guys are rolling left, rolling right. Oh. And they're like moving the camera while the boys, I was like, yeah, Star Trek cam. But they, okay. Cause I was just, I was getting nauseated because they would like move the camera while the boys were spinning and then they moved the other way while the boys mm-hmm. were spinning and I was just getting sick. I was just like, oh my God, this is so much. Oh, that was like, okay, so if you watch some interviews of Next Gen, so if like you watch the early, early episodes, what they did when the ship was like going through crashes is they'd have the camera at the front that they'd kind of like move, but like left to right. And then the the crew members would all be watching somebody that would be indicating which ways, like, their body should be moving oh. to indicate that they're, like, crashing. Yeah, so, yeah, I remember that. Like, they were, yeah, so, like, early on they talked about, like, how bad they were at it. And then, like, once the crew kind of gelled after season one, <laughs> they got so good at it. And, like, just seeing them, like, working together and, like, getting really into the movement, like, and with the camera and stuff, too, it's just... This is, like, in my <laughs> mind, I was having this total Star Trek trip while this was happening. Oh, good. And I appreciated it. And, like, that's why I was, like, dismissing it, like, as, oh, like, it's probably the first time they did it. Of course, it's going to look wonky. But then, like, they don't get a chance to redeem yeah. themselves. So that kind of sucks. Yeah. But. Okay. What are you going to do? I like it better now that you've reminded me of the Star Trek thing. <laughs> I'm glad my mental illness could help you. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Uh. Then uh, we hear the sounds of engines and airplane and rocket noises and the cube starts shaking and jake and marco fall to the ground clutching their heads and screaming and cassie and rachel stand back from the door because it's like shaking and and there's just chaos happening um cassie tries to like ram the door open with her shoulder rachel finds a fire extinguisher and just like fucking lays waste to the door (laughs) she does and they run in and they find nothing And then Cassie touches the floor and she says it's hot. Rachel says it sounded like a rocket taking off. They both look up and then Rachel's like, no way. And I agree. Because I don't know how that fucking happened. And like, it just, there was so clearly a roof. Like, there's just so clearly a roof. If they looked up and just saw like stars, then that would have like reinforced the idea that a, a ship took off. But Here's the thing that kills me is, like, the girls both look up, and that's supposed to be the implication that the roof is open. Yeah. But, like, they could have hard cut a shot in there of the night sky through a building with a hole in it. Like, it didn't have to be that building. They could have found any location with that particular thing. Yeah. God. (laughs) I I don't even know what just happened. I don't know either. Ugh. It was dumb. And the fact that there was, like, was... no, like, smoke or anything that appeared, like, through the grate in the bottom of the door. I don't know. Like, that that could have been cool. If you just that, get some dry I mean, ice. That would have been. 
Yeah, for sure. That's a. I mean, or take the fire extinguisher that Rachel used. <laughs> yeah. I just wanted to. Be <laughs> My dad did it. I'll sweep. I'll sweep the floors. Oh my god. Man, what a throwback. I wonder where that girl is now. <laughs> I hope she's successful, I hope whatever so too. she's doing. Oh my god. Ugh. <laughs> uh. They're just gonna be so mad. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> oh god, I know what the episode art's gonna be for this <laughs> particular episode. <laughs> oh my god. Anyways. Anyways. Um they hear people approaching and they start looking for a place to hide. Cassie spots a human-sized vent conveniently located in the floor. She removes a cover and she's like, get in. And Rachel is like, Cassie, it's too small. This is, okay. This is what I was like, somebody was reading the books and they got to the mole book with the oatmeal. Because they do state in that book that Rachel is claustrophobic when they make her go down there. Cassie's the one that actually brings it up to everybody. That's true. And I was like, are they trying to make this a bigger character? Because in here's why. It's once again one of like my mental things. So Storm from X-Men is notoriously extremely claustrophobic. Uh-huh. And I kid you not, like if there's 20 episodes in a season and there's 20 missions in those episodes, in 10 of them she will be put in a small box. Like, oh, it becomes a thing, like on TV shows, where they're like, this person's claustrophobic, yeah. so of course they're going to have to go through the vent, yeah. and then they're going to be in a tiny box, and then they're going to be put in, like, a shed, and mm-hmm. like, yeah, so, in my mind, I was like, oh, this is like, like, you know, being swallowed up by quicksand. Like, this is going to become a thing in the series. I mean, okay, so I did forget that Rachel was claustrophobic, so that's better, but also I thought it was weird because I feel it like it came out of nowhere. I feel like Rachel might have balked a little bit, but then been like, "Oh, all right, let's do it." Also, she mm-hmm. could have morphed a cat or something small, because you can morph instantaneously in the TV show, and they didn't know yet that the morphing was tied to the sensor. And also, we see a couple seconds later that there's not only space for one person; there's space for two there's people to crouch right. side by side in this fucking vent. It's a huge vent. It's huge. It's fucking enormous. Yeah. <sighs> so that's where and I was like, "What the fuck, like, Rachel?" <laughs> yeah, the whole it was like she literally looked at this vent that was like three feet wide and two feet high and was like, "Oh God, no. I don't know about that." Yeah. I don't. It's like, dude. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. I don't know. Like, I'm not about to tell, like, claustrophobic people, like, what their limitations are. But, like, in in the context of, like, what we were presented with, I didn't really buy it. <laughs> yeah. I, Rachel, uh, just like in the book, that's what they really should have taken away from that oatmeal book, is that she will still throw herself into that situation with minimal hesitation. Right! Yeah! Because she was the mole and she was like, I fucking hate this. I fucking hate this, but I'm going to keep doing it. I'm going to keep digging. Ah. Mm-hmm. Like, don't think about yep. it. Because, like, that's yep, her personality. Exactly. Yeah, for sure. And again, mm-hmm. I'm not claustrophobic. I don't know what the mental journey is there, but I don't know. 
Well, I, I mean, I think the limitations are different for every yeah. single person as well. Yeah. But, like, this was just out of nowhere. Yeah. And then when she was in there, she was totally fine. Yeah. She was like, whatever. There's room for two people. I'm good. It just, it read like she just didn't want to go in because she would have, like, ruined her outfit or something. Like, that's right. that's ultimately what I was trying to get to. I Like, I didn't buy it for that reason. It's like, Rachel would have just fucking dived in there. Yeah, for sure. <sighs> whatever. Um... They crawl in there, controllers burst in, Tom's there, he's talking on the phone, he's like, our plan worked, the morphing sensor activated, the Andalite Banalites have been captured, and they're en route to your location. Um, and then they leave. And then Rachel's like, they have Marco and Jake. And Cassie's like, yeah, but they don't have us. And I'm like... And, like, at this point, I legit stood up like, oh, the episode's over. <laughs> like, it just felt like a conclusion to me. I was like, all right, bye. And then I'm like, oh, wait, it's still going. Shit. Uh, my immediate thought was, did Cassie and Rachel switch lines? Because I feel like yeah. Cassie should have said, they got the boys, oh, shit. And Rachel should have been like, yeah, but they don't got us. Like, we can cause some trucks. I don't know. Yeah, that's a, that's a good question because that does seem... Who knows? <laughs> Honestly, with this writing. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah, and it happens again later, which I'll talk about. But Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Marco and Jake are somewhere, and they're looking for any opening or crack in the wall of the cube. Marco finds a latch. They open it, and they behold their fate, and they see stars through a nearby window. And Marco is like, Houston, we have a problem. Jake's like, Marco, this is no time for jokes. And Marco's like, this is a perfect time for jokes, Jake. We're going to die, and I want to die with a smile on my face. But then Jake kind of walks off to his corner to think, and Marco looks appropriately freaked out and like, oh, shit, we're, mm-hmm. we're really screwed here, which I loved. I love that. Yeah, I love that, too. Um, Back with the girls, Cassie and Rachel are crawling through the vent. Um, they emerge on the edge of a platform outside, and they look down. There's a and they're a couple of stories up, and there's another platform across from them that's like an eight-foot jump. And Rachel's like, we can't morph because of the sensor. We're going to have to jump across. Cassie's like, no, I don't think so. And Rachel's like, they're pulling air from the outside. That's our way out, because there's like a fan over there. And Cassie says mm-hmm. they should go back. Rachel's like, I make bigger jumps in this in gymnastics all the time. And she jumps over it, and she makes it. And Cassie jumps over it. She also makes it. And then I'm just like, what are you going to do now? Are you going to crawl through the fan that's moving without morphing? And, like, why couldn't you have just morphed birds and flew away at this point? That's what Scott said. He was like, why aren't aren't they morphing and leaving? And I was like, I I don't know, man. (laughs) Like, (laughs) (sighs) yeah, I don't know. This plan was not well thought out. Now we're in space, and we see the underside of a giant alien ship, which was honestly not the worst thing I've ever seen. Um, yeah, it wasn't bad. It really wasn't. I was kind of impressed. Maybe they got some more budget for the season. I don't know. I don't. I still don't even think it's really season two. Like, I know Amazon said that, but like, yeah, I don't know. I've been getting comments. Uh, all week since I made several snide remarks about no one knows how season or no one knows when season one ends. Uh-huh. And like, I've been getting all these like Reddit messages and discord messages and Facebook messages and Instagram messages and Twitter messages. And <laughs> everybody's all like, of our social media. I've been inundated with links. Wow. Everybody's like, check out this link, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, and I'll look at it and like, 
nobody can really agree where the cutoff yeah. is, but most seem to agree that season one continues on way past this. Okay. I don't know. And then, like, also trying to figure out what order they aired in, everybody has a different answer. So thanks, everybody, for all the links. Okay. I've looked at most of them. I have not internalized them, but thank you for, for the links. I think we're just going to go with Amazon's. I'm still going with Amazon's. Yeah. We're in season two now. So, yeah. Sorry if that messes anyone's bean up, but... Yeah, you can keep sending me links. I'm I'm not gonna look at them anymore, but you can. <laughs> and I'm saying I've I'm at gmail.com. That's right. <laughs> or Facebook, or Twitter, or Instagram, or Reddit, or <sighs> shit. Or or or. Yep. Um. So yeah, Jake and Marco's ship docks into the big ship. Uh, they hear some voices outside their cube. Marco starts telling Jake the riddle again. Jake's like, "Shut the fuck up!" And they morph. <laughs> I wish Jake told him to shut the fuck up. That would have been so funny. <laughs> he, did, he was very, he was like, save it for when we get Yeah, there. yeah. <laughs> it was another sweet moment. Yeah. He wasn't like, tell him. can't all. swear on this That would have been show. pretty funny, though. Yeah. Shut the fuck up, Marco. If it had been an adult show, he probably would have said, shut the fuck up. Mm-hmm. Um, the door opens, and there's four dudes pointing their flashlights into the pod, and... Jake and Margot have morphed cockroaches, and they easily sneak by them. And that's when we see Patrick Gallagher, a.k.a. Ken Tanaka. Uh, shit. Ken Tanaka, right? I think, yeah, Ken Tanaka. Sorry. I think you're yeah. right. Oh yeah. my god, it's been forever since I've watched Glee. <laughs> I just said, oh my god, it's the guy from Glee that's the gym teacher. <laughs> yeah. And then I probably said Ted Nakamura again, who I still don't know who that is. <sighs> the mysterious Ted Nakamura. I don't know. And then I thought, am I confusing this with the tower from Die Hard? But that's like Nakatoma Plaza or something. <laughs> I don't know. I've never really actually seen Die Hard, so. I haven't either. I haven't either. Well, it's almost Christmas, so maybe now's our year. Maybe. <laughs> Nakatomi Towers? Is that right? I, it doesn't fucking matter. Let's move right along. I'm, there are 15 people screaming at me right now. We have to move past this. <laughs> Jeff makes fun of me at least once a week for not knowing things or saying dumb things. Like like the car guy being like a president. Henry Ford was the president. You didn't correct me, so. I'm not going to lie to you. When you said that, I was like, she must have just misspoken oh like, i i paused like i paused and i was like she, she knows that's not the president i don't need to get into I this just, the, she just misspoke she just got confused nope. i don't know <laughs> i did not fucking know and then and then when jeff doubled down on the discord i was kind of like wait it out because she definitely knows that he's not the president and then you said i thought he was the president and i was like no casey yeah. no <laughs> Yeah, so that's... Listen, I don't (laughs) think about Henry or Gerald Ford on a daily basis. I just know they're both white guys named Ford. That's all I know. I feel like this past week has been the single busiest everybody has well actually us week in all of our history of this podcast. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yep. Because I got got a serious one. You got that one from Jeff. Mm -hmm. And then all of the links of like the episodes. Yeah. Oh my god. 
No wonder I'm feeling attacked this week, you guys. I just came here and have a good time and talk about Animorphs and honestly. Yeah. I'm just saying fucking whatever comes to my mind. <laughs> Ugh. I, we throw up several disclaimers that we don't know fucking shit about what we're talking about. <laughs> like, we are not a Wikipedia article. Do not take anything what we have to say as gospel. Yeah. Yeah, or in general, that's a great thing. Don't take anything anybody says. Scott. Yeah, that's true. Do do the research. Assume that everyone is lying to you. Wow. <laughs> Except for um, uh, scientists that are telling you stuff about the coronavirus, you should probably listen to them. Anyway. Yeah, they know what they're talking about. <laughs> scientists know what they're talking about. We went to art school. Yeah, we don't. I don't know. It's all bad. It's all bad. <laughs> Um. Anyways. <laughs> anyway, Rachel is unscrewing the cover of the fan somehow. I don't know. I don't know. Um, and I guess yeah, with her bare hands, well, which I mean I've done, but only when the screws are very loose. Yeah, because I assume if this is, it seems like it's outdoors, and that factory looked old as shit. So I'm assuming the screws are at least somewhat rusted. Like you cannot access them without some sort of screwdriver situation. Yeah. Or a stick. Unless, or a key. unless they were flatheads and she could like stick a penny in it or something. I don't know. Yeah. Like a penny. If it's a flathead, you can use keys. You can use, sometimes you can use sticks if they're loose and you find like a, hard enough stick yeah. you could use your nails yeah. but that's a little dicey that can get that can get painful real yeah, quick. yeah for sure it would have been cool if she had a, like morphed her hand into something that, oh. like, was use. i mean i don't know what she would have used maybe like a grizzly yeah oh she doesn't have trench resonant nails <laughs> uh. yeah <laughs> either way she wasn't she wasn't using anything yeah a credit card Ooh. that would have been that would have been Rachel. A demagnetized credit card. Ah, she rubbed it on her nipple and then <laughs> unscrewed this fan. Ah, they can do everything. She just like <laughs> unlocks the fan with the demagnetized credit card. Just <laughs> 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 gonna open any door. Any it's human a skeleton door. Key. Security <laughs> card. Oh man. <laughs> oh my god oh, sorry uh, <laughs> so she's getting the thing off and their plan is for Rachel to crawl through and go find Axe and Cassie is going to search around the compound actually that's just Cassie's plan because Rachel's like what the fuck no that's dangerous you can't stay here and Cassie says the Yerks are going to move the Candrona if they leave and Rachel says the Candrona is the least of our problems. Cassie argues that they have Jake and Marco and they have to find them before the Yerks move them too. And Rachel says, you're right. And Cassie says, while we're at it, let's trash the Candrona. And I'm like, again, did you two switch bodies or something? Yeah. Like everything that Cassie's saying sounds like it should be a Rachel line and vice versa. I don't understand. I feel like they're like... They're trying to give Cassie some, like, street cred. I don't know. Yeah. Or, like, I don't know. <sighs> Everybody's just so un- out of character. Yeah. I don't know. 
And I, I, I wasn't following any of what they were saying anyway. I'm like, none of this sounds like a plan. This all sounds like vaguely related words to the situation, but none of it makes any sense to me. I don't know. <laughs> One of my favorite responses that I just learned recently is when somebody just says something that like doesn't like you read it and you're just like, what are you even trying to get at? Is just the response. Yes, those are words. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. That's a thing you said. Yeah, that was probably a sentence. <laughs> that was English, I guess. Uh, yep, that's how I felt about this. Yeah. yeah, that's a good way to feel about this. All right, we're almost done. Um, Jake and Marco are walking down the hallways of the ship. Marco says they should go back the way they came in. Controllers show up. Marco hits a panel on the wall. A door opens. They run through it. And they end up in a room with a bunch of controllers standing at attention, and they duck behind some machinery to eavesdrop. Uh, Marco's like, let's leave, and Jake holds him there for some reason. Uh, Victor Trench- Plot reasons. Plot reasons, yeah. Um, Victor Trench shows up, and he starts making a speech about, they've captured the Bandalites, and Earth will fall soon, and I'm awesome, and- I loved this so much. This was so in character as Visitor 3. It was so good! Ugh! He was very much, like, talking himself up, trying to be like, hey, I know, like, Visor 1's here, and look at me. He literally says, I have delivered during his speech. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Delivers. Anyway, then he introduces Visor 1, and everybody bows their head in anticipation, and a woman with Amy Winehouse's hair appears. I mean, straight up, like, she wowza. looks, she was styled after Troy from Next Gen. Google Troy from Next Gen right now, all of you, Casey included. This is now an activity podcast. Google Link stuff Tro- with Casey and Alex. T-R-O-I. Troy. T-R-O-I. Oh. Lieutenant Troy. Troy and Abed in the morning. <laughs> Deanna Tro- Oh, yeah, for sure. It's... Her. Get that good, good hair. You're like, hey, Marina Sirtis, welcome to the animal show. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah, yep, for sure. Troy. Oh, man. Oh, man. Yep. Right? That headband, though. That, right? Oh, my God. Yes. Yeah. So they're like, it's basically Troy walks on deck and you're like, oh, yes, more Star Trek, which I I don't mind Star Trek references on the show. They base a lot of books off of it. It's cool, yep. but I don't think that's what they. I don't think that was a conscious decision. I guess, or maybe this was because they're like, let's make it like Star Trek. I guess, but she was also wearing like a Steve Jobs black turtleneck. I don't know. Yeah, because she's a villain. She is a villain. Only villains wear turtlenecks. Yeah, that's a fact. Um. That's you can tell if someone's coming to rob you. Are they wearing a turtleneck? Yes. They're trying to rob you. <laughs> Steve Jobs is trying to rob you. Yeah. From if the he grave. walks into a... Like, how could that man ever walk into a bank? He would be shot immediately. <laughs> oh. Like, oh, you're trying to rob us? Okay. Oh, no. Way to wear a turtleneck in here, idiot. Now we know what you're trying to do. Uh. Oh. Even like a red turtleneck or a brightly colored turtleneck? No, no, no. Just black. Just black turtleneck. Just a black turtleneck. Okay. Yeah, you can't be a robber and wear red. What, what is happening? 
Hey, here's something that'll blow your mind. Did you know that tag was short for touch and go? No. Isn't that crazy? The things you don't Sorry. think about. I was thinking about playing cops and robbers and how you couldn't do it in a red turtleneck and it led me to tag. So. Oh, okay. Well, Anyways, the more you right. know. <laughs> moving right along. Moving right along. Jake says, Marco, it's your mom. And Marco looks Shit. sad and that's the end. Yep. Like he, he like he doesn't fucking know that's his mom, Jake. I that was totally for the audience. I was like but, telling Scott, I'm like, Scott, watch this, Scott, watch this, Scott, watch this. And like he kept dicking around. Like, you gotta watch this. And then Scott looks up and she comes out and he's like, Who is that? That's like Visor One. And then he's of course trying to figure out the Visor things again. And then Jake goes, It's Marco's mom, and Scott goes, oh, It's Marco's mom? But, like, how much better would it have been if we just zoomed in on Marco's face and he was like, Mom? And then cut to black. A thousand times better. Instead, it's like Jake's like, hey, look, Marco, it's your mom. It's like we're at the supermarket and we see her in the the frozen food (laughs) section. It's like, oh, look, Marco, it's your mom. Like, no shit, Sherlock. Like, we're both looking at this person. Okay, but when you describe it like that, I kind of like it more now. (laughs) They're on this spaceship, everything's gone to shit, and Jake's like, hey, it's your mom. Hey, your mom's here. (laughs) And it's like, ignoring the fact that they're in space, that they're on a ship, they're calling her Visitor 1, that they're in a secret war, that that she's been dead dead for years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Jake's just like, hey, it's your mom. (laughs) Hey, hey, Mrs. Marco's Marco's mom. mom. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. I love that. I love that you made it better. <laughs> you made it better. We did it together. We built this thing. We built this in. Oh man. Yeah, so like this is like the point where I got to the episode. I'm like, yeah, that was pretty good. And then like I thought back on it, I'm like, none of that was good. Why do I feel like <laughs> I don't know why I feel like this episode was pretty good. I because it's not. It's not. I just feel like it is. I I feel like yeah. Like, I, I personally didn't love it. I love Boris. I love the actors, obviously. Mm-hmm. They did a great job. But, like, it just didn't make a lot of sense to me. And I don't understand, like, their plans in the in the factory or why they didn't morph when they should have and all this other shit. I don't know. Yeah, I didn't... I mean, I didn't get any of the plans. Like, none of the plans ever seemed good yeah and like even the thing with like marco and his dad painting the house which is like a cute scene that like was enjoyable there's still so much that like was like what the fuck is happening yeah it's i don't know like it's kind of that that half-assed writing coming out again yeah it's like you're given these situations and you pick like the most implausible thing that would have happened (laughs) just to get just as a means to an end like i just thought of like a really fun pitch for a show and that would be to have like a dungeons and dragons type writing group where you have to pick like the implausibility of a scenario that you're writing based on how badly you roll okay (laughs) and like i kind of like wouldn't that be like ridiculous because sometimes the show would have really good writing but then if they rolled badly and had to do the most implausible thing in any scenario oh that'd be it great. would be like this show <laughs> that'd be great 
Oh. That would be really fun. I'm sorry. Like, you just said it, and, like, my mind went there. And I no, was that's awesome. like, that seems fun. Yeah, that would be super fun. That would be. Oh, oh God. Yeah. Yeah, sorry. Anyways, this this wasn't good. Wasn't great. Wasn't great. <laughs> that's, uh, you know, yeah. helps that yeah. Axe wasn't in it. Or Tobias, yeah. Yeah. No screaming hawks to contend with. <laughs> you don't need the siren to go off because fucking Tobias is screaming his head off. <laughs> That's right. I can't That's control the bird. That's couldn't do it. <laughs> He's just going to scream the whole time, you know. Get over it. Oh my god. What if, what if Tobias had, had gotten the morph of a hawk that just like was so vocal and just wouldn't stop and he like could not control when he screamed? Like the Tourette's version of hawk? Yeah. He got a Tourette's hawk. Oh my god. Oh man. That, that would be rough. I know. I don't know. Like he couldn't do any missions with stealth yeah. at all. Yeah. But yeah. Man. That's what we got. That's what we got here. That's what we got. Uh do we rate characters, all four of them? Sure. Alright. Let's rate Jake. Uh he's great. I thought he was fairly in character the whole time. Uh I liked him. Mm-hmm beating his room to smithereens with his drumsticks <laughs> me too and the rawhide scene was pretty <laughs> yes i fucking love that scene oh it was so great oh so good i like to so good. camaraderie with marco mm-hmm. yeah yeah i agree jake sean gets five of course <laughs> all right what about uh rachel slash brooke i just I feel like they didn't write her character very well. No, they did. And especially once you started pointing out how their lines were kind of swapped. Yeah. Like, and then the flirting with Marco thing. That's like so weird. It's just, it's, it's weird. It, listen, Jeff, I'm not attacking you. <laughs> I am. I just wasn't prepared for this. Like, if she had made a one-off comment about like, oh, it'll, it'll suck if Marco's not here. Because, like, because that's coming from, like, a strategy standpoint. Because, like, you're down a, a, a warm body. Like, right. Like, you're not going right. to be as successful in the mission if you're missing, you know, one of your key fighters. So that would have made sense. But she just kept being like, oh, Marco's not here. Oh, sorry, I'm pissed. I'm just, I just really wish Marco were here. Marco, Marco, Marco. And I was just like, okay, okay. Yeah, and, like, that's one of those lines where the delivery was, like, really can change exactly what you mean. Because, like, if she had said something like... Oh, no, the police are coming. I can't believe... Oh, God, for me? (laughs) (laughs) The shipping police are coming. Jesus. (laughs) Sorry. I didn't realize Jeff had a wiretap into our homes and we're just going to call the ship police. It's okay. I'll fend them off with my balancing eagle. (laughs) Throw that out at them. They'll be balancing it on the end of their guns all day. Um, anyway. Anyways, <laughs> Wowza. yeah. Anyways, if like if Rachel had to deliver the line, like I can't believe he's out and not coming on this mission, and she does say something to the effect of like we need more people, yeah. like we can't, we're already down. Yeah. And then if she had have said something like, "Oh, I'm gonna miss him so much because you know all of his complaining," like yeah. in a way that it was like very much like, Ugh, Marco and his shitty jokes and blah blah blah. Yeah. Like that would be one thing, but yeah, it went a direction that just yeah was weird. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Like she could have just as easily said that about Tobias and Axe. I so 
there's been several movies where I think the actors, the actors will have like two characters that are on screen a lot. And they'll say, mm-hmm. like, oh, yeah, we've been, like, kind of playing it so that they're, like, secretly in love and stuff. Like, I think Parks and Rec with Andy Dwyer and April Ludgate. Oh. Did they? That's how that entire relationship started. Oh, that's because, oh. um Because Andy said something like, there was something like he and, and April were talking, and I'm blanking on their real names, so I'm just going to call them Andy and April. Chris and Aubrey, Audrey, Aubrey, Aubrey, Aubrey Plaza. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, Chris and Aubrey were talking, and Chris said something like, "Oh, I'm gonna make you fall in love with me." Blah 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 blah. And like, so they invented that whole relationship, oh. kind of on their own. Not like completely. Okay. By the end of it, but like they started it on their own. Okay. Um, I was thinking of uh, Dustin Hoffman and whoever played Smee in Hook. Oh, I think that's fun. Yeah, because I I didn't know that. I believe that they were like, oh yeah, we were like basically playing it like we were a married couple. I think. Oh, that's amazing. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I love that so much. Yeah, and so I kind of wonder if like like Boris and Brooke were like kind of just. I don't know, like leaning into that or if somebody was like, oh, yeah, mm-hmm. just like play in that space a little bit. I don't know. Like, again, yeah. don't take anything what I have to say is gospel. It's just speculation. <laughs> yeah, this is just wild speculation. Wild speculation. That's interesting. Do you like it more or less if it was the actor's choice? Mm, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that as a general. It's like, it's just hard, right? Because it's like when you look at something like Hook or like parks and rec or uh-huh. it probably wasn't hook what was it was it hook or was it peter pan hook okay uh i never remember which name is correct so yeah for like hook and for like parks and rec not so much hook but like at least parks and rec wasn't an established show where people had like expectations and mm-hmm. wants and blah 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 mm-hmm. and in hook i don't think that's something that would like well yeah that was like a different you know yeah that's a different that was the, yeah exactly whatever that restrictions law thing was probably at that point yeah so i mean it's it's kind of not comparable one-to-one yeah i don't know like if that was if that was boris and brooke's choice that's that's really interesting or like maybe they were just maybe it's one of those situations where it's like you see two people interacting in a way and they like clearly have chemistry but you can't really tell if they're flirting or not. Yeah, because Maybe. if they just, like, have that kind of rapport, it just kind of shines through. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. That's interesting. I don't know. I don't know. I... And I also, like, wonder how it was cut. Like, did Brooke deliver lines in a different way that was, like, mm-hmm. more scathing and they just chose to edit in the deliveries where she was more flirtatious or what? I don't know. Maybe they just want to put a little more romance in the show because that's a thing that people do. You gotta put sex in everything. That's true. They aged them up. They made them teenagers. Teenagers be fucking. (laughs) I got so freaked out the other day because I saw a very, it wasn't very convincing, but it was a somewhat convincing, um, like, teaser for the live action Avatar The Last Airbender. Okay. And like it obviously it was fan made, but I had to like look it up. Yeah. It was fan made. But like sure. They had like 
the guy playing Zuko and like presumably the girl playing uh, May. And they were, like, naked in bed together and stuff. And I was just like, oh, no. They're probably going <laughs> to do this into their avatar. And I don't like it. Uh. And then it made me think about the yep. Animorphs movie. And it made me mad all over again. You don't got to put sex in stuff. You don't got to put sex in anything. You don't have to. You really don't have to. There's no need. There's none. <laughs> oh, man. God. I mean, I mean, I know people be horny, but, like, go elsewhere. <laughs> Don't put it in everything. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. All right. All Enough right. All right. How do we feel about Cassie slash Nadia? I thought she did great. I loved her little faces that she made. Um, I, mm. Again, I think she was a lot of character. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> I thought it was interesting. She's trying to break down a door with her body. Like she okay, on. but when she was doing that, she got like one hidden where the door actually went in. Like a yeah, good and I was like, "Damn, Nadia, damn." I mean, again, I don't like. I think Rachel would more try that, but right. I was still like, okay. <laughs> like I liked though that Rachel went and grabbed the fire extinguisher. Yeah, I was just like, "Fuck it." Yeah. Uh, but yeah i yeah i don't know i liked nadia i probably liked that she was a little more aggressive and didn't even realize it yeah so that's on me <sighs> all right what do we feel about boris slash marco oh man our golden boy i i remember a couple episodes ago i was like i hope we get to see a more nuanced marco in the future and we did and he did a really good job yeah. He did do a good job. And I, I really like the moment where he was like, Jake, it's perfect time for jokes. We're going to die and I'm going to die with a <laughs> smile on my face. Like, I just, that's like a classic Marcoism, And I loved it. Mm-hmm. I loved it so He's much. He's just so in character. Yes. Like, okay, this is kind of a question I've been wondering for a while. Is that type of character just the easiest to write for? Or do we just luck out? I don't know because I'm trying to think back to like the ghost written books. They're all good. They're all good. All of the Marco books. I think there was maybe like one or two instances where Marco said something that was weird, but like for the most part, I thought he was probably the easiest one or he was the most like in character throughout the entirety of the series. Yeah, and I just don't know if it's because he was the best to find early on. Like, he didn't take any time to find his voice. He always had it. If it was because that is kind of the easiest character type to write for, or because we just kept lucking out. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know either. Hmm. Because, like, in comparison, I think probably... Cassie and Rachel were the ones that were kind of the hardest for the ghostwriters to pin down. At least in the earlier ghostwritten yeah. books. Yeah, I agree with that. I don't know. <laughs> okay, so clearly we have to challenge everybody to write fan fiction and then we'll judge all the fan fiction and see <laughs> if, if the Marco <laughs> voice is the most consistent throughout. <laughs> Oh, Casey, once again, the perfect transition. All right, send us that fanfiction <laughs> that I just assigned you. I'm just taking us to the outro now because that was too perfect. Fucking love it. 
<laughs> Write us the fan fiction in Marco's voice. Send that to us at anonymousanimorphs at gmail.com. Go to our Facebook group, which is Animorphs Anonymous, or our super secret, super awesome subgroup, the Andalite Bandalites, facebook.com slash group slash Animorphs Anonymous. Tweet it at me at Animorphs Anon. Instagram it to me. That's probably not the best place for it, but you know what? I'll accept it there <laughs> at Animorphs Anonymous. And uh, yeah, what did I miss anything? I think those are all the places. I guess you could Reddit it at me, which is <laughs> fine. Uh, but yeah. You could also share it on our super fun Discord channel. Um, occasionally people share their fan works in there. We have a fan works channel, and we always love seeing mm-hmm. all that good creative stuff coming in. Um, if you want the link to our Discord, you can hit us up on any of our socials, and we'll get you the link to that. Please come join us. It's super fun. Yeah, it is super fun. All right. Uh, if I want media that is made by somebody I know and love, but don't want it to be fan fiction, point me in a direction. <laughs> uh, I have a comic about good, good boys, and there's some love and there's some music in it. It's called Beside You. Um, you can go check that out at bsideyoucomic.com. Or if you want to be extra cool and go to my Patreon and throw me a couple dollars and you can get early access pages. I'm months ahead of schedule. You can check that out at patreon.com slash kcdstudios. Y'all should go read it. I work really hard on it. And chapter three is coming to an end. So get on it. Get on it. And if you become a patron, you can see all the early drawings of lightning. Woo! I do love to draw lightning. Who doesn't? Lightning crashes. Anyway, so I heard there was another podcast that a person I know and love is on. And how can I get my ears into that situation? Oh my God. Okay. So this podcast, the rumors you've heard, they're true. And this podcast is called From Cadmus to Crisis, it's, it's, it's a Superboy podcast. It's just Cadmus to Crisis. I feel like every once in a while I should clarify that there's <laughs> only one is. It's just a stylistic choice to say is, 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 is. Um, This will be the perfect time to make a plea to you guys. I realize that getting into a podcast with a ton of episodes is really daunting. And if you're going there only for me, which like, I, you know, there's other people on that podcast, Drew and David, they've been doing it since 2014. They predate us by a lot. (laughs) Um, So if you're going there only for me, which I don't recommend, I will tell you that this is the perfect time because we are, I say we, David and Drew are doing all the work. I just show up. Uh, But we're releasing a Christmas episode, which is a one-off of the Alpha Centurion. And it was, like, the most batshit comic I've ever read, I think. Maybe ever. And, like, there was the big fight scene of the comic was between two dudes who we just met who were lizard aliens who wore the exact same type of armor. So there's, like five minute discussions of like who is talking here like who's saying what and then like us reading ahead to flip back and be like okay if we backtrack i think it's this guy oh my god and then at one point we could not figure out who said it so we all did the line read at the same time (laughs) (laughs) so like it's a one-off you don't need to know anything the podcast is about superboy normally this is a one-off alpha centurion in fact only one book was published so we've covered everything in one episode and i i recommend listening to that one because it's it was so fun to record that sounds awesome yeah i'm really excited about it so 
<sighs> That's my pitch. I like it. <laughs> yeah. It's coming out soon if it if it hasn't come out by the time this episode drops. Wee! Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, God. Well, that's all I had for today. All right. Shall we get trapped in a cube and get rocketed into space to meet our doom? I would love nothing more. <laughs> can you tell me the first half of a riddle so we can backtrack to this next time? <laughs> How do you tell the difference between a horse and a fish?